Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Good morning. You are listening to the Mystery of Parenthood. I'm Trey Cashin, and I'm, I'm here with Thaddeus Romanski, and we'll begin with a prayer, with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, Grant that every family on earth may become, for each successive generation, a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. And Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, this is a rare occasion we are um we are actually live today so um we are going to talk Thaddeus sent something to me which is something that we've that we've at least in our families have have uh, have noticed and it's it's a, an article um by Tom Hoops that just came out I assume that's how you say his name H O O P E S um on July 20th so just about a week ago on studies show how studies show that Ten ways that siblings improve uh, your life, and um, just going through that because I, I mean, I witnessed some of this as recently as yesterday. Um, really? Yeah, I mean, I wow, you know, that's crazy. Well, I mean, just you know, the, the things that come up um, that I think help prepare people by having to deal with other people <laughs> in their family that are, I guess equal standing you know they're not they're not um not dealing with necessarily with a parent obviously that would be but but dealing with with people who are um i don't know how you'd say it, but but equal standing so they're they're having to deal with with those issues and i thought that these 10 as i went through them made a lot of sense and might be worth going through uh to encourage you because some of it does um play itself out in in and having to practice you know so for the mystery of parenthood for all these years We've talked about the fact that that um, the the domestic church, your family, my family, our marriage, and our children, and how we do is is meant to be a sign um, of the church. It's meant to be something that is similar to the church, and that the church was set up um, by Jesus Christ and and by God, and is led by the Holy Spirit. And what what that means is, if we look at how He set it up, it should be something that we try to reflect 
um, in in our daily in our daily life. And then if you look even deeper, the fact that he set it up as a family with a you know father son. Holy Spirit, the love between the Father and the Son that He shares with that is shared with His church, which is His family, the the children of God, um, particularly through the through Mother Church. Um, so, the whole of what God has established is uh, um, a family, so to speak, and so we can recognize that in in our in our own families. Um, we're meant to represent that, but we also can learn that even some of the struggles are actually pointing us to things that we have to work out together uh, in that. And certainly when you have siblings, I was one of four. Um, we, we have, we have six that have to deal with each other. There are, there are um, higher levels of uh, stress. Sometimes there are, there are lots of different things, but those are all, I think meant to be teaching opportunities. We've talked about coaching is one of the seven secrets of being a purposeful parent that you're trying to coach people through these interactions and that when you can do it within the confines of your own home then then when they go out they they can be they can be better prepared if you're purposeful about that coaching um and I think that's the way God intends it that we're meant to be in this um church that is like a family and then you can even disagree with somebody and how do you work those things out we're meant to be in communion and part of that communion may be conflict but ultimately it should be guided by and informed by love and faith and hope and and all those things that uh, are central to the faith so anyway i thought it would be cool i thought it was a good idea um thank you for yeah this comes from it sounds Sounds like from the research of Mary Eberstadt, which, you know, she, she, uh, how the West really lost God, I think was one of hers. And she's written several of them. Yeah. She's written a number of, and a lot of hers Mm -hmm. aren't about how the change in, in the size of families, um, has impacted the way the country, at least the West has to operate with regard to how do you take care of your older parents, you know, even how children are socialized and, and those type of things because of the smaller circles within families, I guess. Um, it's, it's interesting, but, but, but this one in particular, I thought was, I thought was pretty cool. So, um, we can just go through, there's 10 of them. So, um, barring any more rap music or. No, that won't happen again. <laughs> that won't happen again. <laughs> no, man, that's, that's, that's life. So, um, anyway, the first one that she lists, um, siblings help you learn life skills. And it says that she points out that um, we learned that wolves and orcas and elephants and more don't live in packs, pods, or herds as once we thought they live in families. And so they're looking at how this is kind of built into maybe nature mm-hmm. and part of who we are. Um, and that... It helps them learn life school life skills. So I mean, I, like I said yesterday, there was we're we're at a we're at a juncture where we don't have enough cars for as many people going the directions that they go, and we we're having to sit down and talk through, which initially caused some some angst and some being upset because 
well, I'd already planned to go this place. Well, we don't have enough for, if you take that, then we don't have a way to get people around and, and, um, and to learn how to back off of what I want and then say, okay, let's figure out how to make, how to, let's figure out how to make this work and then walk through, well, what can we do? When do you really need to get there? And so I think, um, part of that's coaching, mm-hmm. you know, part of it is your own response because sometimes as parents, I mean, I, I know that I initially did was like, I mean, how dare you <laughs> question when in fact, what I should have said, which is what I eventually said, Hey, we have an issue. So let's just sit down and walk through. When do you have to be where you have to be? When do you have to be where you have to be? What do I have to do? Where do the car work and the cars work? And can we get this all worked out? Mm-hmm. And so, um, that is a life skill um, that helps dealing with conflict, which typically comes from, if you just look at humanity, limited resources that have to be shared among people is, um, and it was great. Once we walked through it, different people were saying, okay, well, I can not do this to make sure there's time. And the other person said, well, I could do this for you in order to, free up time for this and, and work through to where we had it. And it ended up being a wow. positive. That's really awesome. But, but I mean, it's, I think that that's, that's part of what they're getting at here is that you have to, um, you can learn inside your house because of limited resources and living close together and trying to figure out how, and everybody going to do different things to figure out how to share those resources. I think that's actually one down the road, but in terms of the number of these 10, but I mean, how, how to work through that problem. That's a, that's a life skill. Um, so number one, number one. Yeah. And I think I was just going to say in my, in my family, I'm just get, the older ones are just getting to the, be old enough where we're starting to see uh, some of what you're talking about, especially with the older, maybe two, sometimes three helping with the smaller two of, getting them dressed, helping them pick up after themselves, helping to maybe give them a bath. Right. And so the, and, the, and, the, and teaching them things about exactly those why that why that helps, you know, how it helps diffuse conflict and you know, there there were a lot of things that happened. But me, you know, I I didn't handle it well at first, then it it devolved into something less. And then we had to just step back and say, okay, let's figure out how to work this out. And I think that that's, let's be honest. We we fathers a lot of times don't handle things that well at first. Well, no, I mean, and you know, I mean, I think that that's encouraging fathers and mothers should know that this is part of you learning too. Mm -hmm. This part of the mystery. It's not, it's not just doing it in the simplest thing. So here's the other thing that I think communicates something about, about life skills with regard to this as the authoritarian, you know, you could just say, okay, you're not going, this person's getting the car tough. Right. And, and that could potentially (laughs) limit the amount of time you spend on it. However, I think it would be a missed opportunity. And I think lots of time with me, I want to be that and just say, let's, I'm going to end it. This is what's happening. This is how it's going to go. Not discuss with anybody. I don't got time for this kind of thing. And then I know I shouldn't do it. And that's when I usually heighten when I, when I know this is what I want to do, 
but I know I probably shouldn't do it. That usually translates into Trey losing his temper. Right. You know, same. Same you, in this family. You know, I mean, I, I, I've, because you're like, this is going to take time to figure this out. And then having to encourage them instead of you being the one that facilitates it. I mean, you're facilitating it, but y'all need to get, you two need to get there. And I can sit here and y'all need to talk through what you have to do. Like when, when we're talking about one option is one gets to do what they're planning on doing. The other one doesn't. That could work. But in reality, the best thing is probably for you to sit down and say, okay, I can not do this and, and move your schedule around to make sure that at least you, both of you can do something that you're intending to do by talking through it and diffuse the situation. So I, I heightened it by my, by my initial response. And I mean, I, you know, I'm, you know, completely transparent here. I mean, that's, I think that's a normal reaction. The issue is how do you recover from it? And, and eventually after I was like, this is going nowhere. This is backing off and saying, okay, let's figure this out. And, and they were able to sit down and work it out and say, this is what I'll do. And, yeah, and how I'll get to go do what I want to do, and you get to do what you want to do. And this goes into her or Tom Hoops's point too. Siblings help you learn social skills. Exactly, he says. Everstat points out that other primates also rely on siblings. It has been observed that rhesus monkeys, for instance, with more siblings, have more and better relationships with other monkeys. And he continues, we see that in our own children. They learn how to handle conflict, how to handle a fight, and how to keep or restore. The peace, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Working, working things out. Yeah, and and, and again, with your guidance, and you're trying with to your example, you're, and you're trying to what what again. This is part of that coaching, and and you're learning too, because you're you're I, actually I learned a skill that it's better to try to start where we had to, where we ended up instead of starting with where I started. You know, but but that so it helps with that. But then you you teach them to be able to to do that. And so again, that translates into lots of different things down the road. Roommates translates into coworkers, coworkers, all those type of stuff to, to teammates, to teammates, every, I mean, you, it translates to any place that you find yourself with some in, in, in a situation where you have to deal with somebody else because there's something that you both want or are trying to achieve and, it looks like maybe one's getting in the way of the other. I mean, that's pretty much life. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the way God built things because we're meant to be in communion, but we we also have, I'm sorry, goodness, I forgot to turn this off. Um, but anyway, so I am... Um, but I just think that we're having a, we're having a kind of a fun a fun day here. But uh, but anyway, I think I think what happens is is that you get to teach them in the confines. And this is you're talking about in this case, it's summer. You're talking about a 21 year old or 22 year old and a 20 year old that you're still coaching and counseling. I mean, you're still you're still giving them direction um, on how can you guys handle this as brothers. And they worked it out perfectly well. Um, and so, um, anyway, and sometimes, my, you know, my kids, I found that my kids have actually challenged me to say, Dad, just calm down. <laughs> so uh, I hope I'm not blowing anybody's thoughts, but I'm like, 
I'm probably worse than most dads in terms of in terms of the uh, I can tend to escalate situations faster than they need to escalate. <laughs> but anyway, maybe it's the old coach in me. Um, I, I, I'm just going to throw this one out there. It's, it's a d- d- diverse findings. This is from Everstat show that that being accompanied through early life by non-parental contemporaneous others, i.e., <laughs> siblings. <laughs> I'm going to start calling my kids. You know the the NCOs. The NCOs. <laughs> Y'all are NCOs. Uh, not but, non-commissioned uh, officers, uh, but uh, non-parental uh, contemporaneous <laughs> others. Oh, I don't think I'd ever say it again. Anyway, oh, that's boy. what you get for for reading a. Uh, Research social, science. Stu- social science stuff. But anyway, so those are the first two. You learn social skills and you learn life skills. And then um, I thought this was pretty interesting that the, the give you the benefits of birth order. And, you know, it's funny. I've never, I've never, I mean, I've read some on birth order. I don't know that much, but, but it's interesting that when I look at my own children and even my own family, um, the talk about the about the birth order, older mentor sibling, and then the middle child mediator, and then the youngest child, you know, attention getter type of thing. Um, that seems to be consistent with my family in terms of my siblings, and and it also seems to be consistent in our family to some extent. It's an overgeneralization, but it it I found it kind of interesting that the same because there there may not be middle children anymore that you don't really have mediators mm-hmm. is that what you got that you don't have people that kind of can play both ends against the middle yeah and i've found that like if i talk about the two that i was dealing with yesterday they tend to be the the mediators in in the you know spectrum of our family when it's all six of the kids which doesn't happen very much but mm-hmm. the ones that were in the middle i don't know what that is i guess they're, maybe they're closer to both sides than than the other end. Well, I see it with our middle child. Um, he He's eight, and this is partly a result of the age that he is now, but because of his birth order, he can play down with the with the younger two, and he also can play up sometimes with, with the older two, and, and he's doing some of the things that the older two are doing, like, you know, sports, for example, um, and, you know, camps and things like that. But he still likes to just get down and and play with yeah. the younger two, right? And, yeah. And and he also has, remarkably, he's the middle child, but he's got that kind of easygoing. That's what I've I, I've, I don't know what that kind is. of go with the flow. That's that's personality. Temper, temper. If I think about in my my brothers, kind of the middle child. I mean, we're four. The the certainly number three. Um, very much a peacemaker, peacekeeper, <laughs> somebody who, you know, kind of relates to both ends. Um, in, in my family, I know like Grayson is number three, very much a kind, gentle-hearted person. My Stephanie's brother who who ended up dying, which was, was three of five, so he was dead center middle, and that was his personality. So anyway, they, they do say that, you know, Regardless, they earn they learn empathy from one another. How to you know to, to to understand what people are struggling with and 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 how to deal it. But they there seems to be that. And it was interesting. I'm guessing because the average family, I guess, is what we're at like two point 
three, I don't even know what the stats are, but that there isn't really a middle child. There's not as many middle children as there have been in the past. Because if you have two, there's not a middle child. There's the oldest and the youngest. So, That's right. But again, it it doesn't, this all it doesn't matter. Not everybody's called to or able to have a large family. So this is just a, an overview, but it also, I think, speaks to that we shouldn't be afraid of having the old family. I love the quote that they use from John Paul II um, before that a sibling is the greatest gift you can give or you can get your child. Um, I don't know if that's a, the the exact words that he used, but that's how it's quoted here. Uh, the greatest gift you can get your child is a sibling. Mm. Um, and I've found that that, you know, they're the only things that don't get old. <laughs> well, they get older, but they don't. They don't get. You know, you play with the toy and then it's gone. Right. Um, and and they. It's neat to see now with t- kind of twenty six to twenty interactions, even kind of in semi adult situations, how much a gift they are to one another. That they challenge one another. They kid one another. They help one another. Still to this day. I mean, we were, were filling out some application and they needed a reference and we couldn't find somebody. Kingsley picks up the phone, calls the oldest brother and says, hey, man, can I use you as a reference for something? And then he's like, for what? What do you think I'm going to tell him? I mean, they were, you know, they were kidding each other. She said, of course, yeah, here's my address. Here's whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it's a 26-year-old with a 20-year-old, you know. Yeah. And, and so um, that's pretty cool. And, and I, and, and. They're the only toys that we've ever given our kids that actually, I'm just kidding. We're not calling them toys, but the, the, the gift that we've given that they, that they, um, they still frequently utilize that interaction. So they're the gifts that keep on, keep on giving. giving. They're the gifts that keep on really, giving. Really, they really do. Yeah. So anyway, it's so cool, particularly when they get older. Um, this is one that I know we found in in ours is that you know siblings provide built-in play dates, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, stop the you know siblings quote unquote stop the scourge of loneliness. It, it is true they they were so e I mean whether it's two or six or ten children to have another one that you can play with, and I think as parents it's important to encourage that they play together. I mean, obviously there could be some differences if there's a big gap between, um, you know, like I was nine when my youngest brother was born. I mean, it was more like a, almost like an uncle kind of growing up in, in terms of that. But, but it builds in, which all kind of flows to social skills and all that type of stuff, but it builds in not being by yourself. That's another reason today it's very important to make sure that you minimize the screen time and the computers so yes. th- and make them interact with one another. Cause that's where real magic happens in terms of building relationships and those type of things. It's, learning you know, life skills, learning, learning life social skills, learning all those skills come from them interacting. As Stephanie would always say with the three dimensional people, well, you've got enough right. three dimensional people in your house. Right. There should be a time to say, no, y'all got to go figure out what to do. Not watch, you know, not TV. You can do that together too. But sometimes it just needs to be, you know, right now the kids are old enough where they'll play poker or some other board game. Mm-hmm. And that's always a fun thing to do. Yeah, as a family. you know, Tom Hoops, he writes here that one of his children, when he asked them why they liked having siblings, one of them said, 
quote, if you don't get along with one sibling, there are always eight others to try because Tom <laughs> Hoops has, has nine children. But there's something kind of uh, kind of spunky about that response of not getting not getting too wrapped up or, you know, too high or too low with with relationships, not not getting overwrought about them that, OK, this if things aren't working out right now with this this one brother, well, I'll go find out what my uh, other brother's doing. That's you know, yeah. a couple years older or younger than me. Um, there's a there's a certain kind of even keelness there to just navigating relationships in general, friendships in general, acquaintance acquaintances. Right, and and I think, and also I think there's something to be said about being able to deal with children of with people of different ages because yeah. that's more accurate reflection of what life is once you get out in the adult world. It is. You're you're not it's yeah. unlike a, a school where you're all, you know, within a year of one another in that's classes. Right. That rarely is the case. I mean, just here, I mean there's, you know, there's a few people I work with that are older than me, a, you know, a couple that are my same age and then a bunch that are Cause just because I'm old, yeah, <laughs> they're older. But that that's but that's more that's more like that. So if you if they can learn how to do that, and I would also encourage you know encourage, and this is something where you encourage an older child who may sit, you know have some trepidation about having to take time for a younger one, where you kind of build that into the culture and you you pull them aside and 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 talk to them about. I mean, your brother or your sister looks so much up to you and. And if you just take 15 minutes, we can even set a timer if you want and spend time with them and to encourage that and, and help them recognize, you know, their position in that and to kind of solidify that, hey, that's part of what my job is um, as being where I am. So anyway, but I yeah. think that's um, I think that's cool. Uh, the other one, and I was just I actually just asked uh, a guy I was with this weekend because my my daughter is going over to Austin and she's looking for, she's looking for baby babysitting jobs. And, mm -hmm. and I asked, I said, do y'all still get babysitters? And he said, Oh heck no. I mean, <laughs> our oldest is like 16. No, we don't, you know, we, we, we have built in babysitters. So, and that's number five, five on that's this number list. Five uh, siblings, um, provide built in babysitters. And, um, this gets back to the fact that, we we've always talked about as a family the the center of that family kind of the well, really the source of that family is the relationship between a husband and wife mm -hmm. and so while so much time is taken and should be taken to raise kids and to do the things you have to do and you got to go to work there there should be time there's a temptation not to or or to not take time to have a date night, have some time um, with your spouse away from this, away from that, and and obviously that that's harder earlier on. But if you have some and that are old enough, then they can at least maybe for a night or or even just you know I'm going to we're going to dinner at seven and we'll be back at ten you know kind of thing is a is a positive. Um, but I you know like I said. I asked two guys, I'm getting old enough where the guys that are younger than me are actually at the point that I was 10 years ago. And mm -hmm. I forget that, yeah, we don't really need a babysitter, <laughs> which is great. So um, anyway, the, the number six was um, siblings help build mental health. <laughs> 
I'm just thinking they also cause some, well, it could cause some mental, mental <laughs> distress. distress too. But uh, falling family sizes have come alongside growing levels of mental illness, including anxiety, repetitive behaviors I'm reading, and self-harm. These are the same kind of behaviors that zoos see in animals that are torn from their families, Everstep points out. It stands the reason we're built for community and we feel out of place without it. The kindness of others comforts us and the rough edges sharpen us. I like that. And that's, that's, that is um, central to who we are. We are made in the image and likeness of God. And God, we know, is a trinity, uh, a communion of persons. Right. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so if we're made in their image, then it, it goes it necessarily goes that we're meant to be. And even if you think about the way God has multiplied humanity here has been through, it takes two people to come together and, and then they uh, have children. And so they're born into a community that, uh, that, uh, that requires husband and wife, (laughs) spouses talk, they deal with children. There's so many different interactions and I love the fact, you know, it's certainly we think, oh, the comforting side is great, but but I like the fact that the, that they at least mention the rough edges sharpen us, meaning that we learn how to deal with um, with people with certain temperaments that are really kind of built into who they are. You can manage it but, exactly, but sometimes you got people that are just even in your own family that are that are just more edgy, mm-hmm. you know, and learning how to deal with. How do you handle somebody like that? And um, and so I think that I think that you know learning how to handle you know being in the midst of a group of people that have so many different personalities. What I found it's really interesting. Particularly, we have we had six, and the six are really close in terms of age. There's only six apart. Is how different um, things happen when you extract a child from that. You know, there's the dynamic. If you have six and one leaves, it, it definitely changes the way the five left there works. And if another one pulls and it's just four, it impacts how to deal with that. And so learning how to deal with somebody who's not always nice all the time or somebody who may pick at you or tease you, how do you deal with that? And you as parents need to sometimes let that happen and other times coach and counsel on the outside and just watch what's going on. Um, don't need to always intervene. You don't want to be perceived either on either end as being, I'm more pro the old child or I'm more pro the young one. Mm. Kind of balance, balance the two, pull, pull the older side when you can talk and, and, and encourage them to do that. But I think that does help with, with some of the struggles that can come. Yeah, we from. have a set of two that it's a it's a constant uh, back and forth by my wife and I of are we gonna kind of prune the one the one child that has the kind of aggressive chiding personality, or are we gonna try to you know build up the other one and and say you know you're gonna you're gonna have to deal with with people like this, here's, here's some strategies of how to, that, how to counter what, what the, what that one's saying or how to, you know, you got to let it just roll off. 
Um, and, and that's so that's that, good. Well, it's so important that you that you that you at least model. So this is another situation that came up where one son was saying, "I need to get to this thing." It actually was part of this other issue I was talking about, but but he was saying he wanted to go to this um, workout that he was that he was going that was going to be in San Marcos, and and so he brought it up, and then it's like, okay, we're short cars, and then he dropped it immediately. And then when, when I pressed him, I said, you shouldn't drop that. When it, when he After he dropped it, when we talked more, he said, well, I really want to go. And I said, so listen, why did you drop it that easily? Well, I didn't want to cause a problem. I'm like, okay, wait a second. You caused a problem because you pretended like you didn't, and me as a parent and your mother think you should at least have brought it up. So let's and so as to a 20-year-old, I said, this is how it should have happened, mm-hmm. okay? It should, you, this is what you should have said. I really want to go to this thing. I understand that we have car issues, but I'd really like to go. Is there any way we could work something out? That would have diffused before it ever started <laughs> the entire situation instead of you by you know, there's something good about that. You're trying to diffuse what you see as a potential situation, but really what happened is you actually, because you weren't completely honest, you, because you weren't completely honest, you didn't um, say what you meant. And you can say it in a way that would not have offended anybody or caused any any issues. Right. And this is what you should have said. So even at 20, even at 20, what, you're, what you want to do and all the way up is, hey, this is how you might, this is how you probably could have handled this better. This is my, this is what you could have said and then get them to agree with that. Other thing that happened in that deal was it kind of escalated and I've done this before and parents, you need to use this sometimes. It escalated. He said, I don't know why it's such a big deal. I said, because well, you have a dream that, that we are aware of and you're trying to accomplish that dream and it bothers me that you would just swallow it. You don't have to like stand up and say, I'm going, I don't care. That that would not be, that'd be the opposite end of the spectrum, but you need, you need to do this. And he's like, but I don't know why you're making such a big deal. I said, cause it's your dream. I mean, it's something you're trying to accomplish. And I know that you're trying to accomplish and it bothers me that you would back off and not handle it this way. And, and I, and he said, but I still don't understand why I said, why don't you ask yourself why? And is it bothering me? Ask yourself, what is the easiest thing for, for dad to have done? Said nothing. You completely drop it. I, I don't care. Down deep, you really wanted to go, but you never said anything. I could have just let it be. Why is it a big deal? Because I know it should be a big deal for you. Mm-hmm. So this is all about me caring about you and wanting to make sure that you don't get stepped on without even anybody knowing you're being stepped on. Right. And I want you to feel like you're being stepped on. So sometimes the question is, particularly when something heightens and they don't understand, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Because when I was like, why am I doing this? This is causing more problems for me. I right. could have just let it go and not said anything and then asked the child. And it was amazing. I said, when, it, when I said, the easiest thing for me to do is said nothing. And he said, yeah, you're right. And I said, so why is this happening? And it totally turned the situation around. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for us to remember, sometimes we're doing these things because we're trying to maybe 
not not push, but but say this is something we know you want. So I'm going to encourage you to do it. Don't just let it die because you feel like it's going to be too big of a trouble. So that's always those. Are, there's so many even at that age, but all the way up, you should be looking for those opportunities to coach, counsel, challenge, push them, encourage them, and then particularly when it when it's maybe a little bit more, ask yourself what's the easiest thing for me to do? And oftentimes the easiest thing for me to do is do nothing or to say, here's the, here's the end. Boom. Uh, this is what I say. Doesn't matter what you guys think. The answer is somewhere in between and mm-hmm. let them come to real come to the reality that, okay, they're doing it because I, they care about me. So anyway, um, I may have caused some mental health issues just by going through that with you guys, but <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so number seven, having siblings now means having uncles and aunts and cousins later. Man, you know, I, th- that, wow. that th- takes some foresight. It does. But, but when I look at, so I'm, I'm fortunate enough to you know have three brothers, two that live on the same street with me and, and, and the two that have live on the same street with me between me and them. There's one has four, one has two and has six. And to see those, those cousins get together, whether we go on a trip together or when, now that they're in college, they come back home and they go and do stuff together. You know, when they get back from college is such a joy. I mean, and it, and it broadens your experience of what it means to be part of a family. You, you, you actually, what's kind of cool is, and sometimes not cool is is the recognition that yeah they're cashins just like we are but their family's different because dad you know because uncle stump is different than dad or uncle chris is different than dad and to learn that even in there's there's unique unrepeatability even within a family but at the same time there's still this sense of hey we're all we all share you know same grandparents you know um or at least on one side and to hear stories that I've told from another, from another, there, there's so much joy that can come from that. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Do you, I mean, but I thought that was interesting because I hadn't really thought about that. I think it's an example of uh, delayed gratification too. Yeah. I mean, it's delayed gratification for the, for the parents to know that, making the sacrifice and having the trust to have to be open to life and have more children uh, does mean more stress. It does mean more uh, strain on maybe family finances. Uh, it makes for sometimes a more chaotic life. Absolutely. But you're going to have the this web of family relationships down the road and you're going to have this kind of thick family community. Right down the road. And then the same thing for the children that, yeah, it means there's, you know, I don't just get to do whatever I want. I have to share. Right. I have to sacrifice. I have to put myself second sometimes, but man, there's going to be, I have all these great solid relationships to rely upon. I think, you know, right. what y'all are, what the, some of the examples you've been giving this morning from your, your children who are, 26 to 20, you know, they are one another's 
best friends, I would wager to say, probably, right? I think, well, they're certainly very good friends. Or and, some of their very closest friends. And they love it. You know, so I've, I've found that it's when they grew up, there, was a, there were several that were closer than others, just like anything else. And then there were, there were others that kind of graded on one another. And when they got in a room together, what I found that's really cool is as they've gone off and left is how much as they've left and not lived with each other, mm-hmm. that when they come back together, the, their relationship is much better. I guess maybe because they know they don't have to live with them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I right. mean, I'm sure everybody, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you have different relations. I mean, I have, I've got three younger brothers. I mean, they're that the relationship with each of the three is completely unique. The way, what we talk about, how that goes, our previous history, it's all different. And so the kids, you know, it's just some, you know, we're so different that we, we might tend to butt heads on things and others, you know, are not that way. So, I mean, as I look at it, I look at that and now these kids are all interacting. My grand, my father um, has a kind of a reunion every around every Christmas. So the, all the, all of them, all the brothers, the sisters-in-law, and all the grandchildren, so 15, and now a great-grandchild, you know, wow. 16, all come together, and we stay in basically the same house. And, mm-hmm. and it's just neat to see the interactions mm-hmm. of them and how much that, how much that means. Um, so, can, hey, can I pause this before we get to 8 and 9? Yeah. Because I want to go back up to one and, 1 and 2. Okay life skills and social skills. And it, it has to do with something I said about sharing. I think he could have actually broken that out as its own piece of lear- learning how to share. That's such a huge part of having siblings that you have to, you got to share space. You got to share time. You got to share resources. You have and to share mom and dad, share mom, mom and dad's dad. attention. Okay. Um, the, the sharing of, the older ones or maybe maybe the younger ones are having to share in the older ones clothes and toys and right. and just and and being okay with Hand re reusing something rather right. than just cuz we live in such especially sure. now we live in such a society a consumerist society where uh we can buy anything that we want at any time and we can get as many of something as we want it seems and uh, siblings having more having a large family um pushes everyone to share to reuse to recycle um to maybe do with a little less so that no i think i think it's true and and we can and have again, more people and you have to and you have to foster um that i mean even like with the fact that we had limited car cuz we we had a car wreck and we, it's just not a good time to buy a car and we're having to figure out how to make it work with and we had one. We had one that was wrecked, and then one that kind of mm-hmm. took it to the mechanic. And he's like, "I don't think I'd drive this anymore. <laughs> it's too dangerous, mm-hmm. and it's going to cost two thousand to fix, and it's worth maybe eight hundred dollars." So, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff going on to have that conversation, like mm-hmm. you know, because even as a parent, sometimes you're like, "I wish I could. We could fix this by just buying something, mm-hmm. you know." Uh, but it's just not okay with that. But to share them with with that, that's a struggle, but then walk through, but this is where we are right now. This is how we have to deal with it. Um, like I said, the limited resources, 
lends to I can reuse something or pass it down. None of the kids, I don't ever remember anybody saying, I mean, I know it was just part of the culture we built. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we, we said, hey, you know, it's cool. You can use this or whatever. But, but I do think that that's all of those struggles of having to share um, and not always getting what you want or maybe getting it but not getting it when you want it right um are great things to learn while you're at home inside your own four walls mm-hmm. as opposed it teaches to- you for patience it teaches you forbearance it teaches you um compassion humility lots of humility, humility. lots I mean, of virtues come out of the fact that you just 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 in just in the process of living a normal life yeah. you know the the circumstances themselves help foster those right as long as we're as parents being somewhat purposeful and saying trying to explain this is where we are i think the we've talked about the different types of parenting and and being either everybody gets whatever they want whenever they want on the far left to I decide everything. Nobody else is involved. You know, if I had to say this person gets this and, and, and you don't, then you just need to accept it. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's, those are the easy way outs. The, the, the real way to help foster a family is to actually work on, Hey, you know, sit down and talk to them through, through these things and walk them through oh, how to deal with it. And so those are great opportunities. So we've got we've got five minutes left. We've got three, yeah, um, so, three more. Well, one of a lot of them we've already talked about, and and one of them I think number nine. I think we should skip to number nine. And, yeah, because lifelong talk about friends that. is what we're seeing right now. That right. you have siblings provide lifelong friends. I thought this was interesting. Having more siblings lowers the chance of divorce. And. Um, growing up seeing the opposite success, the opposite <laughs> sex up close makes siblings more confident and successful in the romance market. Nice way to put it. And siblings teach you how to share resources, bargain, and take turns, which you've already kind of talked about, which are prerequisites, prerequisites for, for marriage. marriage. Yeah. So, so again, it's just you've had to deal with this. You know, I mean, you've had to deal with that plus you get exposed i was an all-boy family we didn't have any girls Mm -hmm. so girls inside the house other than my mother was a new feature (laughs) of having kids but my boys i know are much more comfortable than probably i was in dealing with the opposite just being friends with with the opposite sex which is super important in terms of well, ever. I mean, it's always important to be able to be able to interact, not be goofy around them. Just treat them like they're equal, which mm-hmm. is what they are, mm-hmm. and and treat them with respect. And and we've always taught. You know, I taught our boys old fashioned. You know, you open the door for your mother, you open the door for your sisters. You know, you defer to them when it's time to eat or or whatever. And mm-hmm. and those are things that are coached and counseled, which. Are all things that do help when you're dating, going through, you know, courting somebody else to know those things. A lot easier to, to learn in, in the circumstances of living in the same household over time mm-hmm. with people of the opposite sex. And let's say here that the, uh, as it's sometimes summed up for 
um, <clears throat> as the church proclaims God's plan for marriage of free, uh, faithful, forever, and then fruitful, fruitful. Right. That, that following that plan helps to ensure the integrity of, of marriage. And if, and if we could have more children, if we had of larger families, if we could provide people with siblings in more cases than not, right. then we can strength that, that that's Just a way that we open, can strengthen marriage open to life being open to life yeah. um again some people are incapable sure. i know that and some sure. people they've i know i have friends that several friends that only were able to have two they would have taken 20 if they could have but they've only had yeah, two. Me too. so so it's you can do all this by other friends, cousins, stuff like that, where you're just make sure that they're interacting with other with other people, um, regardless. But it's I think it's important to know that it does matter that you're involved in having to learn how to deal with other people in a confined setting with limited resources. The last one was something I'm going through. We're gonna be real quick right now. Is more siblings now means more options for the for elderly parents later, yeah. which is like for me when I look at. Even our kids are now seeing as we as we have um, my mother in law with us, which is a blessing. But she had four; she had five actually. One one died, and and one of us was able to be able to in, invite her into our home. Yeah. When you're, if there had only been two, it had been harder. I mean, just the options are not there. I think she talks about this in How the West in one of her books, talking about how that's why. You have more nursing homes. That's why you have government help, you know, mm-hmm. that that's required because you don't have families. The fact that families disperse and aren't close together as much anymore, um, all have changed uh, the way that is. But I know that I hope my kids are watching <laughs> and, and and that they'll take care of us if we get to that point. When we're yeah, and she it. says, or he writes, many hands make light, light work and many siblings make it easier to deal with parents later on. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So anyway, hopefully that was helpful. And um, I think there hopefully were some, fr- some tips in there as well, just on parenting, period. But uh, anyway, God bless you guys. Remember, pray. Parent with a purpose and prepare for God to amaze you. Promise he will. Um, Love you guys. Pray for us. We'll be praying for you. Take care. Bye.